0: Welcome to the broadcast tonight. The rains of heaven are falling down in Georgia. And I believe that God has a shower of blessings that he's about to bring your way. I want you to stay tuned to this broadcast. This is Voice of a Nation with the Von Radio family. I'm so glad that you have tuned in. You're my special guest. And I want to speak into your life because your latter days are about to increase With the showers of heaven I've been speaking guys about the way you should go And this has been a powerful teaching In the word of the Lord Um, I left off with uh, the first division of Psalms The first verse uh, And I've been speaking about uh, The way a righteous person should go There's a lifestyle that we should live There's a path that we should take and I want to teach you this word so you can increase in the things of righteousness, but also this teaching is going to position you and your family to walk in the power of God's grace. I speak grace upon grace upon grace on your life as it's raining outside. May the showers and the melodies of heaven, may they fall upon your home. May you increase more and more. May God command the blessing on your storehouses. And I speak, no lack is going to be in your dwelling in the name of Jesus. We're speaking about the way you should go. Let's find out how we can walk in the blessing of God. I left off with uh, the first division of Psalms and I started with the first verse. And I think I got down to about the second verse, let me just kind of go over these first few verses uh, quickly and uh, just kind to kind of reiterate what I've spoken. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Whenever a person is seeking an attorney, they're seeking counsel. Counsel of those that give uh, understanding or give insight into matters. The word of the Lord says, Blessed is that man who does not walk in that type of counsel, that you're not seeking insight from unrighteous people, nor stands in the path of sinners. A sinner is someone that does not have a God on their side. A sinner is unsaved. And uh, there's a path that sinners stand in. The Lord is saying you're not supposed to stand in that path. The path that God has chosen for you and I understand is the path where uh, the Lord has a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. That is the path that God wants us to walk in. The word of the Lord is like a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. That is the path that you and I are supposed to walk on in this hour. Uh, When we're speaking about the way you should go, there is a particular way that the righteousness of God type of person is supposed to walk. There's a particular way that you should live, that you should speak, that you should um, seek to be pleasing to the Lord with We cannot walk in the ways of the world. We cannot dress like them. We cannot act like them. We cannot go and be a part of the ungodly things that many of them do. There's a way that we should go. And this way is a way of love. It's a way of love in a world that is full of hate. It's a way of strength when so many are so weak. It's a way of faith. Uh, When so many are fearful, this way in which we should go sometimes is a way where the shadow of death is around us, but we have no fear because God is with us this way we go because God goes with us and he goes before us. So the Bible says that you should not, you shall not stand in the path of sinners. Nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Now, I spoke about the scornful scornful on my last broadcast. And a scornful person is a person that has real strong emotion, real strong feelings. They have no respect. They have no honor. They think of other people as stupid and they give them no value. They devalue them. They speak to them in a condescending way. God says that the righteous, the blessed man, the blessed woman is not supposed to sit in that seat or that lifestyle or that way because it's not your portion. But he says this person, the blessed man, his delight, delight speaks about pleasure, happiness. His delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law, He meditates in it day and night. I don't know about you, but I can't wait many times to get back into the presence of God, to get into the word, to learn things that I've never learned before. If you still know the same thing you you knew five years ago, you're not learning. You have to press yourself to learn. You have to press yourself to the point where you have to take out time in the day and dedicate that time only to the Lord. There's a place where I come uh, on my threshing floor before the altar, and it's my safe place. It is a place where I can hear from the Lord, a place where I can pour my heart out. I can confess my sins and not be condemned. It's a place where I can be emptied but yet filled all over again. It's a place where I can hear the prophetic words and utterance coming from the throne room of God. It's a place where I can see the tears of God and I can I can feel His heart and He fills my cup until I want no more. A safe place, a, a place of battle, a place of war, a place of peace where the counsel of God is revealed. That's what we need in this hour, saints. We need the counsel of God. That's what we need. We have to meditate, not just only on the Word, but we have to meditate upon His goodness. We have to meditate to the point Well, all you want is God. You're not chasing behind pipe dreams. You're not chasing behind the house on the hill or the Rolls Royce, things that are fleeting that will fade away one day. But you're chasing behind things of value, the precious things of God. This is the way that you should go. If you're born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, this is the way that you should walk because in the secret places is where God fills you so you can release what you have to the world. That's part of the purpose. Praise God. Meditating day and night. When you wake up, you're meditating on what God spoke to you in that secret place, or that passage of scripture where you receive new information, a revelation, You're meditating on what you heard on the broadcast. You're meditating on the word day and night because as you meditate, it creates faith in you. It builds faith. I'm reminded of how God spoke to Joshua. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Take these people across this Jordan to the promised land. He said, Joshua, you must observe to do all I have commanded you this day. Turn not from the right or to the left, But keep your eyes on what I've said and meditate day and night. He said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it day and night in it. You must observe to do according to all that's written in it. Then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. That's Joshua 1 and 8. And that's what we have to do. There's certain times we are waiting on different um, responses and blessings from God. If you can get one scripture and you can take that scripture, maybe you need healing in your body and you can take that scripture by his stripes of heal or whatever you decide and you meditate long enough and uh, you think about it, you confess it, you speak it, and you do this on a daily routine. Sooner or later, their word is going to create faith in you and it's going to heal your body. Or it will give you faith enough to believe that God can heal you. But you have to meditate. In the third verse it says, And he shall be like a tree who the blessed man, the blessed woman, shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Now, who planted the tree by the water? It was God. There are certain places where God will plant you. For your growth, there are certain teachings, certain ministries, certain churches uh, that he will plant you in for a season so you can learn a different aspect of your calling or what your assignment will be. You have to be planted what God said you should be planted. And when you're planted by the rivers of water, it says this blessed person brings forth. It's fruit. It says it's fruit, but it's speaking about the righteous of the blessed man brings forth. Let me say his fruit in his season. There's a season when you are supposed to produce fruit, a fruit that lasts. Do you remember the story of Jesus, uh, how he cursed the fig tree because it didn't have any fruit? It has signs of fruit. But when he got there, there was no fruit. And he said, no man shall eat fruit from you ever again. And the next day that tree was dead. Because he spoke a word that cursed it, it broke it, it destroyed it. God is looking for those that have fruit. Fruit that remains, praise God. And it says, whose leaf also shall not wither. That you so prosperous as a tree of life. You're so prosperous because you're by the rivers of living water that your whole insides are flourishing. Your hands, your bodies, your, your body, your limbs, everything is flourishing. Your leaf does not wither. Why? Because it has enough nourishment. Anytime you see a leaf withering on a tree, it's because something is wrong. Other than the changing of the season, something is wrong. And it says, And whatsoever he does, it shall prosper. That blessed man that's planted by the rivers of water, whatever that person does, whatever they set their hands to, it's going to increase and prosper and bring forth a return. I pray. And I prophesy to you that this is your hour to prosper. And Father, I pray that the reigns of heaven let glorious glory reigns of favor. Let them fall upon every listener on this broadcast. And I pray that you would water them so much that they're blessed in this city and they're blessed in the field. The storehouses are blessed. That you will command the blessing and that the blessing will run them down and overtake them. Open up so much torrential rains of glory that whatever they do, it shall prosper. I believe that we can walk in so much power and so much favor and grace with God that God can bring in blessings. I was listening to a broadcast uh, earlier and I think it was Dr. Clarice Floyd she was speaking about uh, she was just in this season of blessings and favor and uh, out of nowhere God put $25,000 in a home unexpected blew her mind $25,000 that was not previously there Why did this happen? Because there was an atmosphere that was conducive to bring supernatural miracles in that space. Saints, when we wake up in the morning, we ought to speak the blessings of God in our house and over our families. We should go through every room and release the favor and the blessings and the miracle signs and wonders of God because the way that you should go should be the way of God's favor. That people will follow you because there's something on your life. And as they follow you, you are leading them to the Lord. Because as you walk in this way, then the way of the ungodly is going to have to move out of the way because the way of righteousness is coming in. Because when light comes into a dark place, the darkness has to flee. The way, the way you should go, the way that you should live. Because if you can get a revelation about this way, God is going to favor and bless your whole entire house. Because you learned the way, the blessing. That is on the way you should walk, it's now gonna fall on them. And not only are you gonna be a tree that's planted by the waters, but your whole family. And whatever, not just what you do, but whatever they do, it prospers. Just think about that son and that daughter of yours. When they're in school, they prosper because of knowledge, because something has come on their life, a spirit of knowledge has come on them and they prosper because they're going in the way. Praise God. And it says, whatever that person does shall prosper. It says, but the ungodly are not so, but they are like the chaff which the wind drives away. You remember in the lesson about Ruth, I said that Boaz went to the threshing floor. It was a place where the chaff was separated from the grain and they would take the grain and throw it up in the air and the chaff would be attached to it and the wind would blow the chaff away. And the chaff is the part of your life that is unproductive. It's good for nothing. You know, the Bible says that the flesh profits nothing. There's nothing good in your flesh. Nothing good dwells in it. The ways of the world of the old man Would try to resurface every now and then. That's why you have to put on the new man and crucify the old man. Because the old man walks in the ways of ungodliness. The old man is like the chaff which the wind drives away. Fifth verse, therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. There is a place, there is an assembly, there's a congregation of righteous people in the earth. When you're walking in righteousness, everything that is opposed to the values of God, the true values, you will not stand for. I believe that we're in an hour when God is getting ready to judge the hearts of men. And the chaff that has held us and separated us for so long is about to be blown away. It says, the ungodly shall not stand in judgment. The ungodly is going to face a day of judgment. For the Lord knows the ways of the righteous. God knows when you're doing right. A lot of times the simple things you think that God doesn't see, but he does. He watches. He pays close attention to you. Everything you do is recorded. It's written down. God appreciates the way that you try your best to do what is right. He appreciates that. And sometimes you don't hear it. But I'm telling you what God is saying, that he appreciates you. He appreciates you for trying to be a light in darkness, and even though there's so much ungodliness, God is choosing on you to exhibit the qualities of His Son. Can He count on you in this hour? The walk in the way that you should go—it's a simple way, but yet it's complex. It is a it is an anointed walk in the midst of wickedness all around us. Sometimes the way you should go is lonely. It is a way sometimes you have to go by yourself. Do all you can do in this hour to walk in that way that you should go. Because as you walk, and even though you may feel like you're by yourself, you're not, because God is walking with you. And the times when you feel like you can't go any further because you can't take it, that's when the Lord is carrying you in His arms, because there's a finish line that you need to go to or get to. If you continue to walk in His way, I promise you there's a reward at the end. Of your walk. Hey guys, this is Voice Over Nations Carrie B Vine Radio. I hope this broadcast was a blessing and uh, coming back real soon with the rest of the story. But until we talk again, walk in the way you should go. Stay away from ungodly people. Be blessed. <laughs> What a beautiful time it is to be in the presence of the Lord in the land of the living. This is Voice Over Nations broadcast, and I'm Kerry V. Once again, I'm so honored and so blessed to stand before you today to bring you another very important word from the Lord. We've been speaking about the way you should go, and this is part three of our lesson. There is a particular way that every believer should go And follow behind the direction of the Lord. The Bible is our roadmap for life. The Holy Spirit is the one that teaches us and guides us into all truths. Amos 3 and 3 again says, How can two walk together except they agree? You cannot walk with God if you don't know the ways of God. You cannot walk with anyone, for that matter, unless you understand or realize who you're walking with. I don't know about you, but I'd rather walk with God in this hour than any other person on the face of this earth. Let's go over a few scriptures so we can learn together how we should walk with God and He will show us the way that we should go. In Matthew, the 7th chapter, the 13th verse, Jesus releases a very powerful statement A statement that is full of so much truth. In the 13th verse of Matthew 7, it says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many are those who enter through it. Now, let me stop right there. Jesus himself says he's given direction. He's given insight. He's given us the way that we should go. As a believer, he's saying that you should enter through the narrow gate. There's a gate that is narrow that the believer has to enter through. Not everyone wants to enter this narrow gate, but it's a purpose for it. Because it says, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many of those who enter through it are therein. Uh, When you think about life... Life has many roads that you and I, we can travel, and they're broad, and they're wide. There are many different paths that lead to destruction. There are many different trails that can lead us away from God. And that's why Jesus said that you and I, we should enter through the narrow gate of the straight gate. And he said in the 14th verse, for narrow is the gate. And difficult is the way that leads to life. And few are those who find it. It's it's almost as if you're going to walk with the Lord. There's a path that you have to take. And you cannot follow all of these other different directions and gates and ways that the world is pulling you to. Because you're being pulled to the left and to the right. You're being pulled with uh, social media, being pulled with television and with the cares of this world. But the Lord says there's a narrow gate that you're supposed to enter in through. But it's a difficult gate. And it's a difficult way. It's a difficult life to be a believer in Christ Jesus. It's not easy, particularly when you have people that are ungodly, that say and do any and everything that comes against the church and comes against believers uh, with such a ferocious uh, evilness and, 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 and way that they have to speak against those things that God has called us to do and speak against the lifestyle that we should walk in. But don't be swayed what, by what the world is telling you to do. Don't be swayed by the lifestyle that is being played before your eyes. Because Jesus knows better than anyone. He's given instruction. He's given insight. And this is the way. If you're going to walk with God, because as I said before, Amos 3 and 3 says, How can two walk together except they are great? The Holy Spirit It's going to take you through that narrow gate, and it's going to be some hard times. But if you're going to follow behind Jesus, every man must take up their cross and follow behind him. You're going to receive in this lifestyle houses and lands and all these other different things, but they come with persecution. As the Lord said, it's not an easy path, but in the end, it shall be well worth it. Psalms 119.35 says, Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Isn't that a beautiful scripture? God calls me to walk in your paths and your commandments, because I take delight. I love walking in righteousness. You have people that have been um, saved for a while that they don't put off the old man, but they walk uh, according to that old man every day. And they're having a hard life because they're trying to hold on to the world and they're trying to hold on to God and you cannot. It has to be a separation. And they no longer enjoy the time of prayer, the time of study, the time of consecration, the time of soaking in the presence of the Lord. Because the cares of this world have come in and there's so many things that can catch your attention and draw you away like the spirit, like a wind and take you around the world and you're just lost in the things of this world. Because to the flesh, the world is beautiful. The things of the world are beautiful, but to the spirit, they're detestable. And so the Psalmist is saying, Lord, make me walk in the paths of your commandments. For I take delight the in them. I think it's an honor to take delight in the things of God. I think it's a blessing to see a man and a woman and a child of God that's walking and living in righteousness. And they're not compromising because there's a spirit of compromise in this hour when you're compromising your values, you're compromising what the word says. A lot of these words that are coming from the pulpit, there's no conviction. I've often often said the greatest way, the fastest way to grow a church is to never speak about sin. i never deal with where a person is in life. That is the fastest way you can grow a church because all they're being fed with and filled up with the good things. But every now and then, even on a Regular diet, you have. You need some leafy vegetables. You need some spinach and some broccoli and some Brussels sprouts. You need things that will clean you out so that you can be filled with health. The Word of God is healthy, it is a Word that has life in it. It is the life of God. And we know that the Word was made flesh in the form of Jesus Christ but He was the same Word that was with God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's the Word that we take delight in. That's why it's so joyful. That's why you take such joy in it when you learn to love the Word of God. Because I don't know about you, but when I read the Word, when I take time to study the Word, because, you know, to be truthful is hard at times, particularly, When you're working and you have to deal with your business of the day, it's hard sometimes to take out that special time to spend time with the Lord. But once you do, it's like a refreshing in your soul. Your soul does magnify the Lord. Your soul, when it hears that word, it's like you're being washed with the word of the Lord. And all of your cares are being washed away by the power of God's word. I mean, it's power in the Word of God. His Word is alive. It's quick. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. That Word, it cuts, it divides, it mends, and it heals. And that's what we need in this hour. We don't need uh, preachers that are swinging from the chandeliers and they're screaming so much you can't understand what they're saying. And it's theatrics. What we need is a Word that's going to cause us to stand in these hours that I had, and um, there's power in the Word of God. The 25th Division of Psalms says, Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. This is a Psalm of David. David was a man after God's own heart. He was a psalmist. He was a dancer, a worshiper. He was king. Um, I mean, he was uh, such a man that was so in tune to what God was doing. He had his faults like all of us. He missed the mark many times. Um, he, he had fallen and um, he realized his sin and, and, and he repented and God blessed him even more. But the thing I like, I like about David is David said, Lord, show me your ways. Lord, teach me your paths. He was always trying to find out more and more about God. And I believe his early upbringing had something to do because David uh, was the ape's son. He was an outcast. Um, He was not particularly liked in his family. They had some issues. David said, I was born in sin and I was conceived in iniquity, wickedness. And his brothers didn't even care for David. When David was about, uh, when when Samuel came to anoint the king, they didn't even call David in. But in those times of solitude, in those times when he was watching the sheep, when he was learning how to be a pastor, (laughs) God said, I will give you shepherds after my own heart. A shepherd is like a pastor. He takes care of the flock. During those times David learned some very important things about God. He learned that God was with him. And in order to draw closer to the Lord, he had to do it with worship and with praise and thanksgiving. So continually, he would ask God to show him his ways because he knew that God was by his side at all times. He knew that in order to kill the lion and the bear, he had to have the presence of God on his life. And so during those desert and wilderness times, David learned some powerful tools that are recorded in the Bible now. And uh, they were not just for him, but they for us also. So he says, show me your ways, Lord, teach me your paths, show me your ways. Moses knew the ways of God. It's one thing to see the acts of God. It's one thing to see the power of God, the signs, wonders, and miracles of God, but it's another thing to know God's ways. What makes Him happy? What makes Him move on your behalf? What makes Him answer your prayers? What makes Him angry? If you're going to walk with God, you need to know His ways. Because of not, you cannot walk side by side because you have to be agreed when you're walking with God. It has to be not your will, but his will. Even Jesus, when he came to seek and save those that were lost, when he came to save mankind, he said, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father say. I've come to do the will of my father. He knew himself in order to walk with his father. He had to obey his every commandment. And so David is saying, guide me in your truth and teach me for you are God, my savior. And my hope is in you all day long. He's asking God to guide him, lead him in the paths of truth. Teach me. It's nothing like having a teachable spirit. When God can teach you things that you do not know. I think one of the worst things it is, is to have a person that you cannot tell anything to. You can't teach them nothing. You should always be in a state of learning. It doesn't matter how many um, earned degrees you have on your walls the doctorates, the masters, so forth. You can have three, four, five of them. That there's always a state of learning. That's why a lot of times uh, people go back to school because they want to get the next level, uh, the next installment of learning. And you learn from God by listening to God. You learn from God by hearing. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. So the more you hear, even in this message right now, as you hear this message, it's going to create faith in you and it's going to cause you to walk in the very power of God. I mean, all the days of your life, all the days of your life, if you can get to the place where you get a consistent routine, well, I'm going to listen to 10, 15 minutes of the Word of God every day, whether this on your audio Bible or what, it does something to your spirit, man, because you have to feed your spirit, man. It is so important that you do that. And um, as you do that, you learn and you grow and you grow and you grow. And uh, let me read once again, Deuteronomy 10, 12 through 13. Uh, Moses said, uh, he's speaking to Israel. He said, now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you? He's asking a question. He says, but to fear him, to fear God, to walk in all his ways and to love him. Now we're teaching about the way you should go. Moses is asking the question to Israel, what does God require? He requires you to fear him, to love him, to walk in his ways, to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. And to keep his commandments and his statutes. That's what we have to do. When we do that, we find a special place, a special grace and favor comes on our life from the Lord. Because he says, my son and my daughter is teachable. Now they've learned this. Now I'm going to pour out more. Have you ever read a scripture? And you've read that scripture pretty much all of your life. And then one day you just open it up and God shows you, he illuminates, he enlightens you to another aspect of that scripture. I believe that you could take one scripture and God can give you so much revelation that you can preach or teach off of it for weeks and weeks and weeks. Because the more you open it up, you see another aspect of God because the word is God. God. (laughs) <laughs> and so once you do that, I'm telling you, that word gets so deep down in your soul that you would be like, Lord, give me more, give me more, give me more. And he just gives you and gives you and gives you and gives you. And then the more he gives you, the more you want. Because the more you spend time with the Lord, I found out, the more you want to spend time with him. It's like um, having a quality time with uh, someone that you care about, that you're just sitting down and you're having a great, a beautiful, um, a meaningful dialogue together. And you're just having good conversation and you can just have good conversation with people. And it's uh, better than any movie that you can go through, go to just wonderful, beautiful conversation. Maybe some old friends you hadn't seen in a long time and you're just catching up. And you're speaking about the times when you used to do this and do that and the fun you had. Well, I believe that you can have the same excitement with the Lord because I believe that God wants to be so close to you where you can talk to him about anything. You can talk to him like a best friend and you can pour your heart out and you can lean on his shoulder and just cry and just weep and laugh and mourn and dance and and just Pour it all out. And as you pour pouring your heart out to God, I can guarantee you, he's going to pour his heart out to you. And he'll start telling you, son, I want you to do this. And daughter, I want you to do this. And uh, he'll give you the secrets of his heart. You know, what is the scripture that says? It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. I believe that you can get so close to God that the matters that God has concealed, He will give you strength and ability and insight to search out the matters of God because you're a king. As a king, you have a certain way that you can search it out because it's the glory of God to conceal it, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. So what we want to do as we are uh, going the way we should go we're searching out through the commandments and His statutes and the laws of God Lord what can I do to draw you closer to me or draw me closer to you what can I do what kind of way do you require of me when was the last time you asked God that Lord what do you require of me if you're in the five that's that's especially you need to ask God and uh, matter of fact I don't even know if I've ever asked God that I just heard God said it and I'm speaking it now I'm, I need to ask God myself what do you require of me I know certain things he tells me I shouldn't do and um, and I've stopped and it's for my good and not my bad guys we out of time um, this is Voice of the Nations broadcast carry me Vine radio the way you should go part 3 part 4 is coming up real soon talk to you soon